Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Mike Harris, and my co-host is Sharon Hawkshaw. Hello. And this is What is Art, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online, where we are showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. Visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions, and our blog as well. What is Art is a discussion of current art topics ranging from the latest in art news, movements, art showings, and artist news. Today, we have Jamie Catalano as a guest on our show. Jamie is the co-owner of Canary Public Relations, which is a boutique firm specializing in marketing, branding, and public relations for fine artists, jewelers, creative professionals, and small businesses. After earning a Bachelor of Arts in Creative Writing, Jamie began a career in public relations and marketing working with small businesses, everything from general contractors to a bed and breakfast to a motocross promotions. Collaborating with such a range of companies and individuals with so many different industries really helped hone her skills. Eventually, she began working exclusively with a fine art photographer, building her brand, increasing her web presence, and helping her to garner national attention. The experience served as a revelation. If she could do this for her, why not other artists? As it turns out, her other co-owner, Michaela Eikenberry, had the same idea, and together they formed Canary Public Relations. Well, good morning, Jamie. Welcome to our show. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's start off, Jamie, by telling our audience a little bit more about yourself. Well, let's see. I live here in Marin County, California. I'm originally from Colorado, and as you've mentioned, I, I've i always worked in marketing um, since before I graduated from college, and as the daughter of a small business owner, I really saw how hard that could be to market small businesses and the challenges they face, so it really resonated with me to go into that direction. So after working with Lisa and helping her to reach quite a high level of success, um, for four years, I decided that that was my passion, and I wanted to help other artists gain that same level of success. So that's a little bit about me. Well, I'm really excited that you're here, and everyone who's listening, uh, you know, sit down and get your pen and paper because this is just, I'm just excited. I just know this is going to be an excellent show because uh, of your background and your expertise. And everyone needs this today in this economy, not just artists, but just business people in general. Everybody needs uh, this uh, this information because being marketing savvy these days is not an option. It's mandatory. I agree. I agree completely. You really, really have to be on top of this, especially the visual marketing and all the social media, and that's some of the topics we're going to cover today, so it should be good. Yes, Awesome. All right, let's uh, get right into it. And, Jamie, uh, let's start with what is your favorite style of art? 
<laughs> well, that is a really difficult decision. I mean, I love art in all forms. I'm an avid follower of ballet, and I love the opera, and, of course, I love visual art. I, I would have to say my favorite type of visual art is probably abstract painting. I really, really enjoy very contemporary abstract work. Um, I also enjoy, enjoy realism. I love the works of Caravaggio and John Singer Sargent. Another of my favorites is, I guess, what you'd call naive art or outsider art. I love the idea that expression can come from within and that classical training can be unnecessary and maybe even a hindrance to that raw expression. I've become really immersed in this type of art recently because I've been working with a great nonprofit called Art Without Labels, and they work with developmentally disabled adult artists to create and exhibit and sell their artwork. Um, they have a great gallery space in Petaluma, and we're working with them to expand their online presence and actually market some of their, their products. So those wonderful artists just challenge the preconceived notion that art is something you need training for and that you need to go to school for it and, you know, you need to study so much. I mean, their work is just so beautiful and meaningful and deeply resonant. Wow, that's amazing. That That is that is absolutely, it's not amazing, but it's just wonderful. That's the better word. It's just wonderful that there's a there's an organization out there. Because people, especially nowadays, they just really dismiss the power of music and the power of art in any form, be it dance, visual art, uh, painting, sculpture. They they dismiss it, and you're correct. You, you don't have to go to school and get a BFA in uh, painting or sculpture or whatever it is that's in order to, to be creative. And that you're really missing part of your life, there's a piece missing in your life if you don't have art in some form, you know, uh, incorporated into it. And so I just think that's fabulous that you can really uh, make breakthroughs. And it's been scientifically proven that there are breakthroughs of people with autism through the use of music and through the use of drawing and painting. So uh, that's that's wonderful. There needs to be more organizations like that. I agree. I mean, with all the funding being cut, and, you know, programs in schools and social programs, I think it's just so important that we really preserve this. I guess you'd call it, I, I'm not sure what the word would be, but I really think it's so important. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. I was like, okay, now how do I put that? Right, I, that's right. I, I don't know what the word would be for it either, but I, I, we're on the same wavelength there, and I just, I, it's really important. And unfortunately, we're, we're, we're really, as a culture, we're missing, as a people, we're missing the mark, sweeping art underneath the rug and, and pushing it by the wayside. And and you're right, you do not have to go to school. I mean, the great artists, uh, none of them were educated in the field of art. So, and and we still admire them to this day. So if you have a propensity to it, even if you don't, you know, just doodle, scribble, do something, because it is important uh, in the overall roundness of your being. But, you know, moving forward, though, what are the biggest challenges that any artist right now is facing, in your opinion? I think the biggest challenge artists are facing today is, is the downturn in, in the economy. I mean, traditionally, an artist had two main outlets to sell their artwork. They had art galleries and exhibitions, or they had art fairs. Well, galleries are closing in every major city, and the ones that are remaining open are increasingly difficult to approach. 
gallery representation is just very difficult in this climate. And then you have art fairs, and sales at art fairs are down across the nation. Gas prices are up. The expenses to travel are up. So a solid profit is really becoming difficult to turn at art fairs. So artists have to work really hard to formulate solid business plans in this tough economy, curate their work very carefully, understand how to utilize social media effectively, maintain their customer database, and really cultivate the support of their collectors and fans. And then you have the local art council, open studio programs, and public art calls that are extremely important resources and artists should take advantage of. The other option that could help is to partner with a nonprofit. Many nonprofits need great images for their websites, their books, their marketing materials, and this is a wonderful way to get your artwork in front of a larger audience while still providing a much-needed service to an organization. Just an example from my, my career is Lisa Christine. She was a gallery artist who had, you know, done a lot of great work and she'd had some success, but when she partnered with Free the Slaves and actually went out to document slavery around the world, she ended up getting a wonderful book published and she's been on TEDx and she's had, you know, CNN interview her and her career just went through the roof just through partnering with that great nonprofit. So she's providing a service to them. She illustrated their book. She gave them images for their marketing materials. And on the flip side, she gained a much, much larger audience. So that's an example wow. of how that can really work in your favor. Wow. That, that is incredible. So here's the next uh, thing then. Uh, if you can't, you know, so we're working trying to partner with a nonprofit, which, you know, let me tell you, I think that crossed my mind maybe once for like a brief half a second. <laughs> and and I'm just thinking that maybe it probably didn't even, this is just my imagination because my imagination is very vivid. Um, so if we're, you know, we're trying to do that, in the meantime, if we don't have a lot of money, uh, what should an artist absolutely do in order to help promote themselves? They should absolutely turn to social media. I mean, the beauty of social media is that, by and large, it's free. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get great results. Um, I work with an artist named Jerry Downs, and he's a photographer, and he has used Facebook to his advantage. He has 6,000 fans right now. He has hundreds of comments every day. Just by posting a single photograph every day and really inviting people into his world, and really sharing those images. And that has just really boosted his career. And this is a man in his late 60s. You wouldn't think Facebook would be the first thing he'd turn to, but he's a perfect example of how social media can really work in an artist's favor. Well, my uncle just turned 60, and I know he's just horrified when he, when he hears that. <laughs> but I'm now to the world that he's turned 60. <laughs> but, you know, 60 is the new 40. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. And, you know, and that is true because the fastest-growing market to the Internet across is between the ages of, I think they said 54 and 62 or something like that. So, I mean, this is, uh, oh, well, that's the baby boomers. I mean, that's the, the tail end of the baby boomers. And, uh, and they're still vibrant and they're vital, and they're extremely important to uh, this nation's economy and the global economy. So, you know, that's really important. So he's using uh, Facebook, and 
you know, and I'm using Facebook too, but there are so many social media outlets out there. And every time I turn around, I mean, there is another one. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I wish I was still 29. I'm not. I'm a little bit older. (laughs) And, you know, so that 29-year-old is saying to me, well, you know, I'm on this network or I'm on this network and I heard about Stumbled Upon, you know, like a few weeks ago and I was like, what the world is Stumbled Upon? I mean, it just every time I turn around, there just seems to be like this the latest, greatest social media outlet platform. And they all and, and if you listen to the T V and you listen to all the other people, they're all equally important or they're all equal giants. And I'm thinking, well if you're all that important, how come I've never heard of you before? Of all of these social media outlets which outlets would actually help artists further their exposure? That's a really good question, and I actually get that question all the time from our clients. <laughs> so, I mean, the really good news about social media is that it is, by and large, a visual marketing tool. We've seen words go away and be replaced with pictures. So I would say the best social media outlets for artists as visual artists um, are Facebook, Google+, Instagram, and then blogs, such as WordPress, Tumblr, Flickr, really any any outlet that emphasizes image sharing is useful for visual artists. But if you just want to narrow it down, I'd say Facebook, Google, Instagram, and Tumblr. I'd say those four are the big ones. Google Plus is a really great community for photographers. It's actually huge right now. Photographers sharing their work. They published a book last year called the Google Plus One Book and they gave all the money to the Kiva Foundation. Facebook is great if you're a painter, a photographer, sculptor. It's just all about sharing those images, putting your work out there so that people can spread it for you. Plus, that's a new player uh, uh, on this, the social media stage as well, and they've just taken over just like a lightning. I mean, just you blinked. I mean, one minute you hear this rumor, this rumbling that there's going to be this Google Plus, and everyone's like, well, what's this Google Plus going to be? And now they say... If you're online, you're nothing if you're not attached to Google+. I think that's really true. Google is such a giant in the world of the Internet. I mean, they are the king of the Internet. So it is really, really important to get that Google Plus profile going, if only to get higher up in the search results in the Google. So um, it's, it's extremely important. It's a really fun venue, too. You can have your circles. You can have your images up there. I mean, it's a really it's a really great format for the visual artists, and I really recommend getting a Google Plus profile. Well, that's interesting. I'm really uh, I'm glad we touched on that because I have I am not part of Google Plus, and I'm just and I and I see that little icon blinking all the time that you know join Google Plus. I'm like, oh, geez, just another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are tools that you can use too to sort of connect all your social media, there's a great program called HootSuite, spelled H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E, and then you only post once, and it spreads that information to your other social media outlets. And then the other big piece of advice I can give you is just really only choose one or two social media outlets that you're going to use regularly and consistently, because if you just join every outlet wholesale and you post very infrequently, you're not going to get great results. The key to all of this is really to stay on top of it. And to do that, you might only have one or two social media outlets. But it's just so important to post regularly and consistently and just stay on top of it, really. Right. Consistency is the key. I agree. 
with anything in life, consistency is the key. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> that was my grandmother. I was channeling my grandmother at that very second. <laughs> well, Janie, when you say consistently, how often would you recommend that someone be posting? Well, it depends on the outlet, but I would say with Facebook, you want to post between four and five times a week. Daily is is the best. If you can get an image up there daily or share an article or share some wisdom daily, that's wonderful. Same with Google+. Instagram is great to do daily. If you just take one great picture once a day and put it up, that would be wonderful. And as far as blogs go, I recommend one posting a week, one really quality posting about something you're working on or maybe an exhibition you're a part of. So that would be really the target. That's very good. And, Jamie, we're coming up on a commercial break, but before we go on to that, you had mentioned a nonprofit or a foundation that you were working with. I want you, if you would, to give our listeners the name and how that they can reach this organization if they want to come involved with you in that project. Oh, wonderful. Of course. The nonprofit I'm partnering with right now is called AWOL, and that stands for Art Without Labels. And you can find them on www.alchemia.org. And that's spelled A-L-C-H-E-M-I-A.org. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, listeners, if you have an interest, that sounds like a great organization that you could, uh, could work with. We'd like to invite you to visit us as well by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com where you can view and purchase the great works of art created by some of the best up-and-coming artists of today. The art you will find there ranges from abstract to functional, from paintings to fine art photography, and from large canvas art to fine art prints and beautiful greeting cards. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, click on the Membership tab, and follow the prompts. If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, please visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and complete the Volume Purchaser's Request form on the top of the home page. Well, and Jamie, let's start off the, this segment of the show and uh, tell our listening audience about your company and the services you provide. Well, we really provide all aspects of marketing and public relations to our clients. We help with branding, graphic design, social media implementation and management, workshops in the business of art, event planning, drafting, and distributing press releases, copywriting, and web marketing. Say if there's one thing we do well, it's helping artists and creative professionals to define their vision draft a plan, and implement that plan to make that vision a reality. We found that many artists simply require that support and structure to really take their careers to the next level. I mean, they might be wonderful painters, but that does not mean that their marketing, graphic design, or writing skills are quite up to par, and that's where we come in. Wonderful, and again, that's the name of your company? Canary Public Relations. And they can contact you how? We have a great website at www.canarypublicrelations.com. Well, you know, you said something really important there, that it's true, that uh, someone can be an, uh, an excellent sculptor or a wonderful painter, but their writing skills are not up to par. And frankly, I see that 
in every industry, not just the artist industry. It's and I think it's a sad commentary on the public school system. That I mean, I see executives of of companies writing letters, and there's uh, just numerous uh, grammatical mistakes and spelling uh, errors. And I'm not saying I'm the best writer in the whole wide world, but I did grow up with uh, a narcissistic mother who uh, basically, you know, grammar is her love. And I-, I can remember sitting at the table rewriting a letter or a paragraph five times because I kept making a mistake because <laughs> I mean, it just has to be perfect. So, and, and and now looking back on that, that was probably a great thing because my writing skills are a little bit better than, than most. But you're you're absolutely right that... In general, people need somebody to write their press releases for them and help them uh, put together a wonderful presentation package of themselves. And I think that's an uh, it's an afterthought. People just don't think about those kinds of things. That you're an artist, you're the brand. You need to be branded, for lack of a better word. So basically, your services then you would put together like a brochure about who they are and what they are and what they're doing and something like that, it's like, you know, businesses and they have uh, their business profile little booklets or something, you do that for the artist? We do. I mean, we call it their artist profile, but we help them develop their artist statement and their bio and their resume and and talking about their work and putting together their list of collectors. And, and then when we it goes to submitting to galleries, then we can put together the gallery submission package. And when it comes to publicizing an event that they're a part of, then, yes, we draft the press releases. I mean, writing is so difficult for so many people. And I see this, as you mentioned, in every industry. I get phone calls from so many people in so many different industries who just require my services helping them write. It's such an important part. That's the first thing people are going to see of you before they might see your artwork is how you present yourself. So it's just so important that that's a cohesive package. Right. And so when you're doing that, besides the online uh, marketing and promotion, uh, do you still use the uh, the old-timey way of uh, marketing and promotions before there was an Internet, like TV, that old thing called, <laughs> what's that called, newspaper? <laughs> yeah. uh, we, do still, we do still reach out to the local media and the actual printed media to try to get features written and I mean, people still still do read the newspaper. <laughs> it's amazing to me that there's still a piece of paper coming to the door that you read. So yes, we do still reach out to that. <laughs> is, and is that difficult to get in a newspaper? It's all in how compelling you make the story. So it can be very difficult, but if you can present a compelling reason, the newspaper should write a feature. Then you know they'll write it. I mean, I had a lot of luck when I was with Lisa getting her featured in newspapers, but she had that great story of documenting slavery, and that's a really important topic right now, and it's been in the news mm-hmm. a lot. So right. the local newspapers were happy to cover that. It might be more difficult to get somebody somebody who's not maybe doing something so compelling in the newspaper, but it's not impossible. It really just depends on how well you can present that story and how you can spin it. <laughs> it all comes down to spin. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then, and that's uh, true. It's how, how you tell the story. I, I tell my husband that all the time. He says you can't tell a story worth anything. So wh- why are you telling the story? Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let me 
me tell the story. I tell it better. <laughs> and then he says, I exaggerate. He says, that's not really the story. And I said, but it sounds good. <laughs> and so, okay, so we're in the newspapers, um, magazines. Really, if someone was a new artist, I- I've been, unfortunately, kicking around for a while now. So if someone was new, they're 20-something years old, or you know, let's just say they're 60-something years old, and they had a whole other career, and they retired, and all of a sudden they realized that uh, they're a sculptor or a painter, and so now they're starting their second career in life. Um, for that person, uh, what type of roadmap do you think that they're looking at in terms of getting some recognition? Not, and recognition is probably not the correct word, but at least getting out there and getting some people following them purchasing some of their work, you know, what is the time frame? And the reason why I ask this question is that I, my father was an artist, and I think that if my father were alive today, and he, and he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do art. <laughs> because uh, he, he had a hard time dealing with uh, the publicity and uh, marketing and media relations back in the 60s when we didn't even really know, you know, what marketing and media relations was, and he didn't like it. So I could imagine uh, the, just the disdain he would have nowadays. And if he saw all the things that I do to get a piece sold, he would just, you know, crawl in, in the ground. I mean, he just wouldn't like it. And I've been around for a while, so... You know, and I've had you know my high successes and my low, and 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 of course lows because that's just the way life is. But if you're new starting out and you don't have a following and you don't have people that are just, they call you on the phone and say, you know, what have you done lately? Can I see or whatever? What kind of time frame are they looking at now? Well, I mean, time frame is difficult. It it will probably take at least two years to really establish yourself as an artist, and it's going to take two years of really hard work and persistence. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight for very many people anymore if it ever did. So, I mean, I would say the first step is getting a website, a really gorgeous, compelling website. And there are great options out there where you don't have to program it yourself. Livebook is a wonderful site for people who are visual artists. They have great templates that are really tailored for visual artists. And then increasing your social media, releasing, you know, images of your work and images of you actually making the work hoping those get shared on Pinterest and on other art blogs. I mean, it's just going to take a lot of persistence and probably a couple years to really get out there. So the message is to all these artists out there that the old adage, uh, if if you build it, they will come. (laughs) That doesn't work. And that they either really have to understand that they have to become their own salesperson or they need to hire someone like yourself to be their spokesperson and, for lack of a better word, salesperson, because, you know, you're selling their brand by marketing them. Um, And that really what what the bottom line is, because I agree with you when you said earlier about the art uh, festivals and the art shows. The the fees there have become so enormous towards the artist that unless work is priced low, you're really having to have to sell an awful lot of work just to break even. And that's you're right, and that's not even including your travel time getting there and hotel stays and 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 whatever. Um, and it's just very difficult to make a living doing these these art festival shows. It, it just is. And so your platform it seems to be more of the route. So are, are you seeing that people are just buying more and more art online? 
You know, I'm saying that people are becoming more interested in art online. I think people who buy art, fine art, they do still buy it from galleries. So, I mean, the goal is ultimately to get into a gallery, but sometimes to get to the gallery, you have to go through some of these other things. And another option for getting your work into a gallery is the sort of gallery that's cooperative where you pay rent, basically, to be up on the wall. But it is hard to get people to commit to buying a very fine piece of artwork online because you need sometimes that visceral connection with the work and to really see it. I mean, that's not saying that all art is not purchased online. I know a lot of printmakers and screen printers and artists like that and photographers who really do well online. But I think paintings are a little bit difficult to, to sell online at certain price points. Obviously, if the price is right, people will buy it online. But if you're selling a $20,000 painting online, it's going to be a little more difficult to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I'm parting with $20,000, I want to see it. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Well, Damien, here's my thoughts. Uh, you know, you were talking earlier and sharing about, the, you know, the marketing. And I truly believe, when you look back into history, it's always been about marketing. I don't think people really want to admit that. But the reality is a, a lot of these artists who are famous today weren't famous during their day because of their, for lack of a better word, their inability to market themselves or have, you know, or finding someone that would promote them. And I think and some artists were fairly successful and, and popular in their day because they had a sponsor or someone out there promoting them. And in some cases, probably they were good at it. But I, I really think, and let me know what you think, I think if you're in the business, unless you, the art business, and you're a painter, a photographer, or, or some other medium, if you don't have the ability to sell yourself, you need to get someone to help you. I agree 100%. And sometimes the reason artists can't market themselves is because there's a certain insecurity there. They don't want to put themselves out there. They're very humble about what they've created. So sometimes you need that buffer and somebody to go advocate for you and to really sell, 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 and there's no personal feelings involved because you're not the person who created it. So I can go out there right. and sell art and not feel badly about it if it doesn't sell because I didn't create it. So sometimes that's the key for artists is just to have that advocate or that sponsor or that professional out there, you know, really speaking up to them. Yeah, or they just don't have the personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's true. I was looking before we went on the air. I was at this art show in Florida, and I went up, and uh, the booth and just all these beautiful sculptures of absolutely everything you could possibly imagine and think of. And the gentleman was just telling me all about the process and how you do this and how long it takes. And I just really thought I was speaking with the sculptor himself. And then somehow it slipped. And I said to him, you're not the sculptor? And he says, oh, no, that's my brother. He's not allowed to come to these things. And I said, why not? <laughs> He would never sell anything until I take it and I bring it out. <laughs> I just started laughing hysterically. That's one of my favorite stories. That happened probably ten years ago, and I can and I can see it now because he basically is telling me, you know, his brother has no personality, and or if he does, it's offensive, so he stays home. <laughs> and I think that to a certain degree, a lot of artists, you know, are introverts, and uh, and it's very difficult for them to. Uh, market and sell themselves. Oh, I think or that's 100% true. I do. I really think that as artists, they are putting a part of themselves out there, and 
mm-hmm. there is a fear of rejection for anybody who is an artist and creating and you know you really it's just very difficult so I agree I think sometimes you just need that brother who's really good at, at talking about your work <laughs> and for those of us who are only children we hire you <laughs> there you go for those only children you can hire me <laughs> there you go how often do they need to be creating new work if they're a painter, let's say? Well, there is an old belief, and I, I believe it's a completely accurate belief, that the more work you create, the more chances you have of creating that masterpiece. So we think of Picasso as just this master who everything he touched was gold, but it turns out a lot of his work was not gold. He was just so prolific that... <laughs> There were many masterpieces because there were just so many pieces painted. I mean, I think he at one point was creating one piece of artwork a day. So that might not be possible for everyone because most people have to work a job in addition to being an artist. So I would say, you know, as much work as you can create, the better. I'd say try to be as prolific as you can. And depending on your lifestyle, your family situation, you know, parents, they're not going to be able to create as much as, Picasso, but I'd say the more you can create, the better. Well, that certainly is good advice. And any future trends in the art movement that you're seeing now? Oh, I I think digital. I think art is going to become increasingly digital, interactive, multimedia. Technology has opened up so many doors and allowed so many users the ability to create and share without that technical restraint of years past. I mean, 20 years ago, it was all but impossible to edit video without complicated machinery and giant cameras. Now, a child can make and edit a short film using Apple, I mean, using the software installed on Macintosh. And then 15 years ago, fine art photography required really expensive lenses and camera bodies, toxic chemicals, and technical knowledge. Now, digital camera technology has really upended that entire industry. And a fine art photographer can use his iPhone to take a picture and instantly share it on Instagram and Tumblr. And I really only see this digital trend growing in the future. So, you know, let me jump in there real quick. So if that's the case, what do you think is going to happen to the old world style of of art, the painting, the pastels, the watercolors? Do you see that diminishing in creation, or do you think it's going to stay the same? You know, I really do see classical painters diminishing and the only reason I see that happening is because I think people are becoming lazier and they don't want to get out all of the equipment to paint. I think it's easier to grab your iPad out, you know, and use your fingers to do a little painting and that sometimes satisfies that creative urge. And I think fewer and fewer people are going to go through the classical training it sometimes takes to to paint. So I really see that Sadly, I see that diminishing. I mean, I don't encounter as many pastel artists or classical painters as I'm sure there were 20 years ago. I encounter, by and large, photographers, mm-hmm. printmakers, digital artists. That just seems to be what I what I encounter. Well, yeah, and I agree with that because it, it, it is a pain, you know, washing out all the brushes and <laughs> getting all the paint off out of your hair. Because I, I get it everywhere. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just everywhere. So yeah, I can see that it's it's uh, you know, and then of course trying to keep the cats out of it so that you know they're either not eating it or walking across it. Although I probably let them do that, they might create some better art. <laughs> I might put my name on it. So yeah, 
and and that's a sad commentary, but you know it's probably a very accurate commentary because it it is uh, time consuming and 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 it takes will to to set up and get yourself ready, get the canvas out, get the art, get the paint out, get the water out, get the the turpentine out, you know everything that you need, the thinner out, everything you need uh, to get started, and then once you and then you're you're in a time crunch as a, depending on what you're using, the paint drying time and all that kind of thing, and then having to have to try to come back in and then fine tune it and correct it and fix it and justify it, and then just the clean down. So actually, you could create a painting uh, much faster, you know, in light speed years. I mean, just like in, where it would take a, a traditional artist maybe three days to paint something, it would only take someone on an iPad a couple of hours. Do you agree? That's true. It's a sad truth. No, I agree 100% with you. I think I do. I do think that that's where we're moving. And I'm sad about it because painting is so beautiful. I love painting more than any other art form. So it's it's really difficult to see that. (laughs) Well, and the and I guess because I you know although I do own an iPad and I I have every electronic gizmo known to mankind, um, I do not paint on it. I do not have any of the painting apps on anything electronic that I own. So I, I was just guessing, but I'm thinking, looking at the commercials, they tend to do things pretty quickly, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is just crazy. I'm an antique. I'm oh. a relic. <laughs> you should look up some, some videos on YouTube of people creating work with their iPads. I mean, people who are classical studio painters doing portraits with their fingers on the iPad. I mean, it is astounding and amazing to watch. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, Jamie, tell us, uh, in the art business, uh, what do you see trends that are going right now? Again, I think I see art business moving online. There will always be brick-and-mortar galleries, but I think a lot of artists are going to begin heavily promoting themselves on social media and on their own websites and blogs. I see a lot of artists installing shopping carts on their own websites and probably moving to e-commerce. And then I see websites such as Fab.com and One King's Lane really taking up some of the slack of the closing of traditional galleries. I think we'll see more cooperative galleries where you pay to exhibit or you work at the gallery in exchange for exhibition space. And then I see another trend, pop-up galleries and empty storefronts. So I think those are all things we're going to be seeing a lot more of. Now, I've never, I've never been – I've never – joined a co-op gallery. I've been in many galleries, but I've never had to pay to be in any of the galleries. And so you're saying that artists are willing to pay that fee to be inside of a gallery. Yeah. I live in Northern California. There's this great little town called Petaluma, about 20 miles north of me. And I go there a lot because that's where the AWOL Gallery is located. And just in the last year, I've seen three galleries close down and the one gallery that seems to still be doing so well is the Riverfront Gallery, which is a cooperative gallery. And it's very well curated. It's very beautiful. And people seem to really, really do well there. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's a trend because it takes some of the pressure off of the gallery owner. I mean, the rent is paid by the artist, so there's not that same right. pressure. And then, of course, all the artists are driving traffic themselves into the gallery. So. They they have a lot of uh, free marketing going on besides their traditional marketing that they're doing. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And they're very invested in the outcome of the gallery. I mean, it really, <laughs> it really depends on them to make it work. So I think there is a little bit more 
commitment and dedication to really marketing and spreading the word and publicizing those events. And, yeah, I think it's it's a good thing, but it's definitely a trend. Certainly it is a, a partnership. They're both meeting each other in those mm-hmm. yeah, formats. They're both on the hook. <laughs> they're both on the hook for money. And I think that's what that's what makes people get off their cushies is that if they put their money where their mouth is, then all of a sudden, and now and now it's it's about business because they're invested. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, really, when you're the one paying the rent every month, you're gonna want that work to sell. So. Well, Jamie, we're getting close to the end of the show here, and one of the questions we always like to ask is uh, if there's any pearls of wisdom or words of advice that you would have for any artist that's getting started today. I think it's always important to stay up on the current technology and and really research social media and keep on top of it. I mean, things change every single day. So what I've said today might not be true tomorrow. So it's really important for artists to really, really keep on top of things and and to feel like they can ask for that support from a, a public relations firm or maybe friends and family. I mean, that would be my advice. Well, you know, and before we, you leave, hiring a public relations firm, is it uh, – and super expensive, or can really anybody find the pennies, the dollars, to hire a public relations firm to help them? Well, I can't speak for every other public relations firm, but I know that <laughs> we are extremely reasonable, and we really tailor our prices to the individual, and we we can work with anyone. I mean, we've had people with shoestring budgets to corporations working with us. It's really important that, that people know that it's not out of their reach. It's definitely attainable and advisable. It's an advance that you have to spend money to make money. That's what we love to tell people. (laughs) (laughs) That is a a real truism there. Well, Jamie, again, share with us uh, the contact information for Canary Public Relations. You can find us at www.canarypublicrelations.com. Our email addresses, phone number, contact information is all on the website. Okay, I want to thank you for being with us on What is Art Today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. It has been wonderful and very enjoyable, and I know that I learned a lot, so hopefully everyone listening has taken away something. You are just a delight, an absolute delight, so I know you're very successful. (laughs) Oh, I appreciate that, and I I would love to see your work, so I hope you have it on Contemporary Art Gallery Online, because I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Oh, thank you. I do. I, I do. I actually, I had my own personal website that I actually just shut down a week ago because um, I'm moving it. Um, but, yes, I do have work showing on Contemporary Art Gallery Online. <laughs> it's under abstract, your favorite type. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I'll definitely take a look at it. Well, thank you. Well, Jamie, thank you again for joining us this evening, and we really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing your tips for the artists. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us as well. And remember to go to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com where you can view and purchase fine artwork that was created by some of the best up-and-coming artists of today. I would like to inform everyone that Contemporary Art Gallery Online has started a monthly art competition. To compete, just go to our online gallery, click on the Art Competition tab for information on how to compete and check out the prizes for the winners. And while you are there, you can also view the previous month's contestants, their artwork, and the winners from the previous months. If you're an artist looking for gallery representation, please visit us online, click on the membership tab on the home page, and follow the prompts. 
If you're a designer, architect, or volume purchaser, you too can visit our online gallery and complete the volume purchaser's request form on the home page and check out the great discounts that are available to you. Remember that ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants today. What is Art? We'll be back next week, and our guest will be artist Sean Kazil, the winner of Contemporary Art Gallery Online September Art Competition. Thank you for joining us this evening, and from Sharon and I, we wish you a very good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.